to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. Amen. Today we have a word. We have a word from God, and I'm going to invite you to turn with me to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 through 7. Amen. And when you have it, give me a give me a solid amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. We, we, we bring our Bibles, even if it's on our phone. Amen. It says this. It says in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was angry, and he, uh, his face fell. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you just do well, will you not be accepted? Simple. Simple message. Now let's pray over this word this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you, my God, because we know that you're present, my God, this morning. And we ask, Lord, that your will be done, Father God, with this word. Father God, I pray that it may uh, touch whom you want it to touch, Father God, that it may convict, my God, that it may inspire us to be better for you, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, I entitled the message today, The Missing Peace. The Missing Peace. Uh, you know, it, it's crazy how sometimes one missing piece, as small as it can be, can make all the difference, right? Um, it could be something as small as like your shoe. You can't find your other shoe. Layla's always having that problem. She can't find her other shoe. And uh, it's, just, it's, just one, it's just one thing to bring everything into completion, but it makes all the difference because if you don't have that one shoe, you're not going to go out with just one shoe on, right? Uh, sometimes cases have been, that have been closed, right, for, for decades, they're opened up again because of one missing piece of evidence that they discovered, and it makes all the difference, right? One missing piece makes all the difference. In Revelation, we read about these churches, Many of them are praised because of their good works, of what they're doing right. But there's always one thing that Jesus says, hey, but I got this against you. You're doing all this great. You're great in this area. But there's one thing that you could be doing better. You tolerate evil. You have lost your first love. You're spiritually dead. There's always at least one missing thing. And I believe that... Uh, one of the missing pieces that has held back this generation of Christians in their worship and complete devotion to God. What do you guys think it is? I'll tell you, it's not singing songs because I've heard some of y'all sing. And y'all don't know how to sing, but you still sing. And that's your worship. And, and it sounds good to God. All right. It sounds good to God. God is like, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> It's not, it's not that. It's not your worship through song. We know how to do that. It's not, it's not listening to the word of God. Man, we have a generation who is into to preachings. And, and I, I see all of you guys, you're always sharing words from, from pastors. And, and, and you're sharing podcasts. And I mean, we know how to worship through the reading of God's word and the listening of, of God's word. It's not through service. You guys know how to serve, man. We have a, we have a church full of people that are ready to, to serve at, at, um, 
At any opportunity, people who are ready, like, hey, what, what do you need, pastor? What do you need? I got you. I love that. This generation knows how to serve. I talk to these, I talk to these church planters, man, and it's so crazy because uh, so many of these church, new churches, they're, they're mobile churches, right? They don't have a building. We're blessed to have a building, right? Um, and so they have to walk, they have to go in like two, three hours before service, set up chairs, set up screens, set up sound. That is, that is intensive work. And they do it week after week, and then they stay after to, to tear everything down. So we have a generation who knows how to serve. The missing piece of our worship in this generation, it's going to hurt, is financial giving. That's it. Pastor Ryan, I know how to give. What are you talking about? All right, then I'm not, talking to, I'm not talking to you then. You can help with the amens this morning. But on, on church giving specifically, uh, man, I, I was, as I was preparing for this message, I, I started doing some, you know, some research, some looking for some statistics on church giving. And what I saw, I, I expected it to be disappointing, but it was crazy disappointing. And as much as we love to worship, we love to worship God. We love God. But there's this one missing element, one missing piece, and that's giving. Which is odd because during my research, I have found that this generation, us, um, we know how to, we, we give the most to, to charitable causes. But when it comes to church giving, it is on the decline. So I, I, I found some, some statistics that I, I want to share with you just to, just to kind of open your eyes to the reality of it. This is, this is all churches across America. This is a 2018 report found that tithers only make up 10 to 25% of any congregation. Man, what if it was 100%? What if it was 100%? Man, we would have churches not closing down. We would have churches serving their communities better because they, they, themselves, they're, they're taken care of so they can do a little bit more. But 20, 25%, 25% is the max, 10 to 25% of churches. It says eight out of 10 people that do give don't have any credit card debt. Mm, praise God. Can't give when you're broke. Church giving is down about 50% since 1990. Man, that hurts. On average, this means this is the norm. This one, this one struck me, man. Christians only give 2.5% of their income to churches. 2.5%. Of families that make more than 75% a year, only 1% donated a tenth of their income. And you'll like this one, this last one. Baby boomers, our parents, praise God for our parents, they make up 41% of the entire donor population when they only make up 30% of the U.S. population. that crazy? They hold it down. And these statistics tell a story. They tell a story. They tell us that there is a missing piece in our worship. That is what financial giving is. It's a form of worship to God. And if we're missing something in our worship, it also means that we're missing something in the blessings that God wants to give us. And, you know, maybe it's not that, maybe it's not that we don't give at all. Maybe, you know, maybe it's just that, that we don't give gladly, right? You write your check, you're like, ugh, all right, here it is. But, but I, we know how to worship. 
We know how to sacrifice a few hours a week to come and, and, and turn, uh, to learn about God's word. Many of us know how to sacrifice our mornings. We give our mornings to God. We wake up early. We, we get into the word. We get into prayer. We know how to sacrifice our bodies. We did that for, for the past 21 days, right? We know how to sacrifice our will for God's will uh, in many aspects of our lives. And, and we have all of these elements of worship in place. But when it comes to our giving, we hold on a little bit tighter. We hold on a little tighter. And if this is what we practice, what are our kids going to practice? What's the next generation going to practice when it comes to financial giving? So this story, the, the reason I wanted to bring this story of Cain and Abel, I want you to see something. I want you to notice something. It's by no coincidence that the very first thing worthy of praise to a human is good giving practices to God. The very first thing, I mean, besides God's own creation, the first thing to get praise was the giving of Abel. The giving. It wasn't Abel's talent. It wasn't, it wasn't, Ab- it wasn't that Abel uh, had such great amount of, of wisdom. It wasn't that he had so much patience and, and kindness towards people. All those things are good, but he was favored by God because he knew how to give the best of what he had. Abel gave uh, uh, the, the firstborn of his, of his flock, right? He gave God the good stuff. He gave God the fattened portion. Some of us are ready to eat that fattened portion of that steak or whatever it is. After church, right? He gave God the best of what he had. Cain didn't bring God his best. He brought God something. He gave God something, right? He gave him an offering. And that's what the typical person does, you know, week after week after week after week, check after check. You know, we, 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 look, at, we look at what's in our pocket and we see a five. Oh, sweet. Thank you, God. I'm, I'm going to give that to you. Here's something nice, right? See, other, other pocket has like a 20. We're like, oh, no, not that one. And so, it, you know, we, we're, it's, it's an offering. Cain brought God an offering. But, and I don't think that Cain didn't have any devotion to God. You know, we, we, when we talk about Cain and when we look at Cain in the Bible, I mean, he, he murdered his brother. That's, that's pretty evil. But, but, but something drove him to that. He, he became jealous, right? Why do you think he became jealous? Because he probably had some type of devotion to God. He wanted to be favored by God too, but he wasn't. So he got mad. He got jealous. And I don't think it was that he didn't, you know, have any devotion at all. But there was some missing piece in his life that he did not have intact. I'm sure he brought God honor in other areas. Why would he get jealous of his brother? So I'm sure that Cain had some things right in his life, but there was this missing piece in his giving. Much like Malachi's generation of, of priests. Do you know about Malachi chapter 1, the very first chapter? Man, God, God, God gets after him. I, I wrote it down. It's Malachi chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. Look, it says, a son honors his father. This is God speaking. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my fear? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised your name? By offering polluted food upon my altar. 
But you say, how have we offered polluted food? By, by saying that the Lord's table may be despised. When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? When you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will he accept you or show you favor, says the Lord of hosts. And now entreat the favor of God that he may be gracious to us. With such a gift from your hand, will he show favor to any of you, says the Lord of hosts. That's tough. Abel, on the other hand, was, was a little bit different because Abel gave his best, right? And he gave, he gave cheerfully. He gave in worship, not out of obligation. And, and God showed him favor over that. And, you know, sometimes, you know, how, how can we ask God, church, listen, how can we ask God to bless us with a new job when we're not going to give to God anyways? How can we say, God, give me favor with, with my bosses at work so that they can give me a raise and the Lord doesn't even favor us because we don't know how to give. In biblical times, man, in biblical times, from Adam to Jesus to the apostles, giving was everything. Giving was everything. It's how they built the temple. It's how the, the religious leaders, the priests were honored. It's how the apostles were able to continue preaching the gospel. It was a kingdom thing. And they knew that, so it was important. Today, we treat it like a side note. You know what we treat it like? We, we treat it like a math problem. That's what we treat it like. We treat giving to God like it's a math problem. And, I'll, and I, the only reason I can say this is because... I was that person. I was that person who really didn't know how to give for a long time. You know, I, I, I like to read the, the scriptures um, from, a, from a hermeneutical perspective. Hermeneutics is, you know, the, the branch of biblical theology that looks into the original meaning of, of what the authors meant to the audience, you know, what they meant to say, and it takes into account background and, and, and culture. It's very, very important. Hermeneutics is very important. It's how we keep ourselves from misinterpreting scripture and applying it correctly. But when it came specifically to giving, I would look at it like, well, is tithing really for us today? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but how many of you asked that question before? First fruits, is that... Is that really for the church? That wasn't just for Israel. And, and I would ask these questions so that I could find a way out of giving. And there's literally conversations that happen all the time regarding not, not just whether to give or not, but, but, but how much to give. Like, am I supposed to give God 10% of my net income? Because I'll find some write-offs real quick, you know. My <laughs> tax returns only say I made $5,000, right? Or is it the gross income? What is, which one is it? Because if the gross income, man, it's going to be a problem for me, right? And we treat giving to God like it's a problem to be solved. And that's not worship. If it ever gets to that point, there's no way we're cheerful givers like the word commands us to be. We're giving out of obligation, not in worship. And God has said in the past, if your offering is polluted, I don't even want it. If it's polluted, I don't even want it. If you're not happy when you drop it, if you're not happy when you give it, if you're not saying, Lord, I, I am ready to give, I, I honor you with my best. What did David, David say to King uh, Aruna? Aruna said, hey, you can have every, you're, you're the king. You can have anything that you want and you can present that as an offering to God. He said, I am not going to give God something that costs me nothing. <laughs> and yet we treat our giving like it's a problem. 
And church, can I just tell you, man, when I started giving faithfully week after week after week, check after check, man, I, I, I felt this peace over my life. I felt this peace like I had never felt it before. It was, it was like something was complete in my life. Like there was one, there was that one missing piece, that one missing element that I, I had just, I kind of had abandoned. And when I started to give, it was complete. And I wish I had one of those stories. Like sometimes you'll hear a preacher say, man, when I started to give, man, God really blessed me. And, and I got this massive check from, from this anonymous person. And, and I mean, everything just changed. No, I, I don't have one of those stories. I ain't going to lie. I don't have one of those. No, praise God. Praise God. But you know what? Even if I did it, even if I had that blessing as a result of my giving, I would, I would get up here and let y'all know what's possible, but that's not going to be my main point of my sermon because that is not why we give. The reason we give is because it is a form of worship and is God not worthy of our worship? A hundred percent of it. All I can tell you is when I started giving, I felt peace in my life. And I'll also tell you that when I didn't give, man, I felt convicted, man. Week after week. I felt, I felt ugly. Like I felt like I could be giving God more, but I was only giving him some. And God doesn't deserve some. God gave his all for us. He deserves my all. And then I would justify it. I would say, God, but I give you all of my time. I'm here all the time. Anything my parents need, I'm here. I'm here throughout the week. I'm like, I'm here anytime someone needs a favor. I go to church. I'm here all the time. You, right? You, you got to give me some points for that. That's got to count for something. I would tell them. But God, look at my prayer life. Right? Look at my prayer life. I, I have a great prayer life. Most Christians can't say that. But God, I felt week after week when I, when I just didn't have that habit of giving, I felt like he was telling me something very similar to what he told Cain. If you just do well, if you just do better, will you not be accepted? There was a missing piece in my worship that didn't give me access to the complete favor that God had for me. And man, God has some favor that he wants to bestow on his children, man. The type of favor that that was given to, to Abel, the type of favor that was given to King Hezekiah. And the nation of Judah, I read this other one in Second Chronicles. Uh, this is what happened when they started bringing offerings. Second Chronicles 31, 9 through 10, it says, Hezekiah asked the priests and the Levites about the large amount of offerings that were coming in. They replied, ever since the people have been bringing us their offering, we've had more than enough food and supplies. The Lord has certainly blessed his people. Look at how much is left over. Look at what's happening. Look at what's happening. I want that favor, man. And, and, and when worship is given to God, the favor of God falls upon us. It pleases God, man, when we worship him. It's like a sweet aroma that, that pleases him. Don't let there be a missing piece in your worship, church. And maybe you're a great giver. Maybe you are a great giver. You know how to give, man. man. We have some people in our church, and we've had people throughout the years who know how to give. I mean, they are such a huge blessing. They bless the ministry. It's, it's, it's because of, of, of a few people that we're able to meet here on Sunday mornings and, and, and have lights and have AC, man, because if I haven't said thank you, thank you. Thank you. 
And maybe you give to God, right? Maybe that's not a problem for you. Maybe this sermon isn't for you, but, but maybe it's something else, you know? Maybe it's, maybe you give financially, but you don't give much spiritually. Maybe, maybe it's, you don't worship God with, with your attitude, <laughs> Maybe you don't worship God with, with your workmanship. Maybe you're, you're a little too lazy. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Only you know what the missing piece is. But for many Americans, growing up in a culture of spend, 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 and Lord, give me, and Lord, grant me, and Lord, make me blessed, and Lord, do it for me, and Lord, do for me what you did for Bill Gates. Lord, do it. Do it. And we make it about us. And when that happens, we've, we have forgotten the, the element of worship that comes with giving. And church, I want to challenge you to make kingdom giving Kingdom giving, a part of your household. I challenge you to do that. Kingdom giving. You can, you can go, you can leave this church, okay? If you, and I don't want you to leave this church. We love you. But you can leave this church, and I'm going to tell you to do the same thing. Give to that church. Give to the kingdom of God. Because when you're doing that, you're giving to the ministry. You're giving to, to, uh, to, to God's kingdom so that more can be done. Right, because I, I, anytime I talk about giving, and this is why I don't like to talk about giving, I, I just I, I hear y'all's thoughts. I hear y'all's thoughts. You're only saying that because you're a pastor, right? Of course, you want us to give to the church, right? And and you know what? You're right. You're right. I do. I, I do say this as a pastor because as a pastor, it's my job to preach the word, and this is the word. This is not for me, and it's to lead a church that is worshipful. That is one of the things. Last, last month, we talked about the vision. If you remember, if you were here for Vision Sunday, one aspect of the vision this year was that we were going to worship more. You remember that? Yeah. Y'all thought that, man, we were going to do more nights of worship, right? And we are. And, and in March, we're getting ready for our first night of worship. We want to worship more. We want to worship at these altars more. But that is only a fraction of what worship is. I don't want us to do 10% of what worship is 100%. I want us to do 100% of what worship is 100%. That's what I want this church to be. That's what worship means. Worship means we're a church who knows how to pray. We know how to have Bible study. We have fellowship with one another. We know how to serve one another. And we know how to give. And today, as we've been mentioning all month long, we're going to give God our first fruits. And, uh, you know, by now, I hope that you have spoken to your spouse. Um, if you're not married, I, I hope that you have planned something out and you prayed, you know, asked God to put something in your heart. We hear about first fruits because this is something that maybe, maybe you're not really sure what it is. First fruits, it's all, you'll find it all throughout the Old Testament. God commanded his people, the people of Israel, to give to them the first of, of, of their harvest. The first. So if you planted a crop and, and you reaped of the harvest, the first one belonged to God. That's it. The first one belonged to God. The Israelites were even commanded not to eat of the harvest until an offering was brought. 
And they did it. You know why they did it? My, my, my dad preached a great sermon this morning. He should have, he should have gave today's sermon. It's probably, it was probably better than mine. Uh, but but he, he, uh, the reason that the Israelites did it was as an act of remembrance of what God brought them out of in Egypt. They had nothing. They were poor. They were poor. And sometimes when you're poor, you have nothing else to give to God because you don't have anything to give. So you say, God, get me out of this. God, get me out of this. Because I don't, I'm not my best and I can't give you of what I don't have. So get me out of this. God brought them out of it. And they remembered when they became blessed that it was because of God. It was because of what God took them out of that they had what they had. And we have a church full of life, full of health. You guys have jobs. You guys are, are, are blessed beyond measure. Give God what he has given to you. I think of the woman, man, the, 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 the poor widow, right? You had all these rich guys bringing, dropping hundreds, you know, dropping big checks because they could. It was nothing for them. And this, this, this poor widow, she, she brings this, this just one little coin that she has. And Jesus commends her because it's not about the amount. It's about the sacrifice. It's about the worship. That's what worship is. It's a sacrifice. And she says they gave of what they had. She gave of what she didn't have. And so today, in the very same sense, we remember what Christ took us out of. You remember what he took you out of? Do you remember? Maybe not. Maybe you've been saved for a very long time. I've been a Christian since I was like, you know, two days old, you know. Uh, but, but, but God has taken you out of something. Christ has taken you out of something. And maybe, maybe you grew up in a, in a, in a Christian home. Maybe you came to church all the time. You're, you're not, you don't even know what, what kind of death sentence you had because Jesus prayed, paid the price a long time ago. And so that's what he brought us out of. And so today we're going to bring our offering, but then we're also going to take communion because communion was commanded by Jesus. It's an act of remembrance for what he did for us, what he took us out of and where he is taking us to. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to ask you to stand and we're going to have, we're going to, we're going to do the offering portion first and uh, sister Heather's going to come out, but right for the next few moments, I want to pray over this. I want to pray over this offering. And if you're a visitor, you're a first time visitor, you're, you're, you're kind of new. We don't expect you to, you know, we don't expect you to participate in, in first fruits. Um, but we would love for you to com- uh, participate in communion if you know the significance of it. But right there where you're at, we're going we're gonna to give. This is going to be our portion where we, where we give God what we can. And I don't know what amount he has put in your heart. I don't know what he has put in your heart at all. But right now, I'm going to ask that you just speak to God. And we're going to pray over this. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we thank you, my God. We thank you because of what you've done for us, Jesus. We remember, my God, the sacrifice, Lord, that you made for my sake. 
When I had nothing, when I was in spiritual poverty, your blood made me wealthy, my God. And we want to remember that today, Father God. And we want to worship you, Father God, without a missing piece, Lord. We want to worship you, my God, in spirit and in truth and 100% of it, my God, because that is what you are worthy of, Father. Forgive us, my God. Forgive us for not giving our best, my God. And whatever area it is, Lord, forgive me, my God. Forgive me, Father God, for, for slacking, Father God, for forgetting, my God. You deserve the best. You deserve the best, my God. And I pray over this offering this morning, Lord, and every giver this morning, Father God. I pray that you continue to bless their homes, my God. I pray, Father God, as they are putting their trust in you, Father God, this, this year, Father God, I pray, Lord, that, that you, you make it fruitful, my God. You multiply the blessings over their life, my God, because they're not afraid of it, my God. They're not afraid to, to trust in you, Father God. I pray for every family, every household, my God, that you just bless them, my God, like you do. And you bless this house. You bless this church, my God, so that we may bless our community, my God, so that we may give more to missions, my God. We want to be a giving church so that we can be a giving church, my God. That's what it's about. That's what you care about, my Lord. Make us kingdom givers this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask that you step forward. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.